Ephesians chapter 3 verses 14 and 15. If you have found it, say amen. amen. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father. I want you to notice that. To the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, I want to say if he is the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, then he is our Father too. Because we, we know that Jesus is our big brother. Correct? Jesus is our big brother. So if, if he is the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, then he is our father also. That's a good place to say amen. amen. No, just to understand that God is our father is important. Amen. amen. To the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. So fatherhood is from God. The title of my message today is Fatherhood. Fatherhood is from Him. Praise God. Now, I like the rendering in the Amplified Classic. It says, For this reason, seeing the greatness of this plan by which you are built together in Christ, I bow my knees before the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that father, watch this, from whom all fatherhood, I like that, takes its title and derives its name. So fatherhood comes from God. You, you cannot understand fatherhood if you don't understand the fatherhood of our father in heaven. Come on now, say Amen. So fatherhood comes from God. I'm going to run you quickly through five things that I want to say to the fathers that are here today. And maybe you might say, oh, Pastor Godwell, I'm not a father yet. You might become a father later, so listen carefully too. Or maybe, Pastor Godwell, I'm not a father, I'm a woman. You, are, you cannot be a father if you're a woman. But you might, you might marry somebody who will become a father. Come on, say amen. amen. The number one thing I want you to see is fatherhood, if you want to write this down, write it down. Fatherhood is responsibility. Fatherhood is responsibility, not a position and not a title. A lot of people put emphasis on the title rather on the responsibility. Fatherhood is responsibility, not a position. Just as being a husband is responsibility, not a title. When someone says, I'm a father, the person is saying, I'm a responsible man. Fatherhood is responsibility. It's not just a title. So we can say this way, you can do what brings babies, but that does not make you a father. Now, people think automatically they are fathers because they've done what brings babies. Listen, bringing babies to the earth does not make you a father. I know that not everyone will believe this. But fatherhood is responsibility. How many of you understand that our heavenly father is a responsible father? Our, our heavenly father is not irresponsible. Our father is responsible, and so fatherhood is responsibility. Responsibility, listen, listen, it's leading by example. 
So a father is someone the children model their lives after. Because fatherhood is responsibility. And responsibility is leading by example, not leading by instructions. Oh, a lot of people just lead by instructions, do and don't do. No, fatherhood is responsibility. It is leading by example. Because when you look at the fatherhood of God, God never tells you to do what he has never done. Fact. There is not one thing in the word of God that God has told us to do that he did not do first. Because fatherhood is not giving instructions to your children. Fatherhood is what? Responsibility. And responsibility requires that you do what? You lead. By example. Are you getting this? So you, you can't just tell your kids what to do. As a father. I'm, I'm talking to fathers now. And when you become a father, it's better you start learning these things right now so that you know how to be a father. Are you listening to me? Now, it's a learning process. You, you cannot become a great father overnight. You've got to learn. You're going to make mistakes along the way. I remember when I did, I think it was couples night. I told couples, I said, listen, your children are not stupid. They know. They know you're not perfect. It's okay to make mistakes. But after you've made mistakes, be honest about your mistakes. Your children will forgive you. I say your children are going to forgive you. But, but fathers that cannot say I'm sorry. Fathers that cannot say I made a mistake. You see they are not responsible. Are you listening to me? Fathers that are not transparent are not responsible. Transparency requires that you, are say, you say I'm sorry. I made a mistake. I, I was not supposed to do that. And your kids know that it's okay. It's okay to make mistakes. There's nothing wrong in making mistakes because if you, listen, the day you stop making mistakes is the day you are in heaven. Somebody will get that next month. <laughs> you, listen, as long as you're living on the earth, you will listen, listen. This is not negative confession because some people are so caught up in positive confession. No, listen, I don't even preach positive confession because positive confession is psychology. It is not biblical. Okay? What people say, positive confession. Just confess positively. No, what I preach is kingdom dominance. Okay? You shall say to this mountain, be moved and be cast into the sea. And if you don't doubt in your heart, but you shall believe that those things which you have said shall come to pass, you shall have whatsoever you say. That is not positive confession. That is kingdom dominion. Let's, let's distinguish between these things. Because some people think it's just, oh, I'm going to be positive, everything I say. There are some people, they cannot say I'm sick. Because the thing, the moment they say I'm sick, it's negative confession. No, you can say I'm sick, but listen to this. It's the fact. The word of God says I was healed by the stripes of Jesus. I think people just get religious. They, they, don't, they, they don't want to face the facts of life. They say, oh, Pastor God, you mean I can say I'm sick? I'm not feeling well? Well, you, you don't eat. Listen, all this thing. What if you go to the doctor? You get into the doctor's office. The doctor is going to ask you questions, correct? Those questions 
are going to reveal what the problem is. So the doctor's going to say, do you have headaches? What will you say? No, no, no. This whole thing about positive confession. What will you say? What will, no, what will you say? If the doctor say, do you have headaches? You're going to say no. So why are you in my office? Do you have, do you have stomach pain? Uh, doctor, I, I don't have stomach pain. In actual fact, by the stripes of Jesus, I was healed. Listen, you, you're just being religious. And that is the reason why so many people don't know how to ap apply the anointing in day-in, day-out activities. Because they don't know how this thing works. The fact that you say does not mean you are confessing negatively. You are only stating the fact you are not saying, I believe it. Because the word of God overrides the fact. Amen. Are you listening to me? So what are the symptoms? What are the symptoms? You're going to tell the doctor what the symptoms are. You have a headache? Yes, doctor. Right? The moment you say yes, it means you have confessed negatively. Hello? You feel cold, chills? No, I feel warm. No. <laughs> you go to your bank, your, your financial advisor. You're dealing with money. You have some things you need to fix financially in the bank. So you go to the bank and the bank manager or whoever the person is that you're sitting with, they ask you, Questions. You see, this, this is why a lot, of Christ, a lot of unbelievers don't want to have anything to do with some Christians. Because some Christians don't want to know how things work in the natural world. I mean, the, the, the financial advisor is looking at your bank. It's minus. It's actually, it's not zero, it's minus. You are owing the bank. So I'm not saying you, I'm just saying. It's not even zero. If it's zero, it means you are not owing the bank. The bank is not owing you. But it's minus. <laughs> it means you, you are. <laughs> and, and they're trying to, the financial advisor is trying to help you manage your finance so that you, you deal with financial matters with wisdom, wisdom, common sense, common sense in this case. But you say, oh, financial advisor, listen. My God supplies all my needs according to his riches and glory. By I mean, if you understand what I'm talking about here today. What I'm just saying in essence is your faith in the word of God will override the fact. It will override the fact. Come on now, say amen. amen. Some of my friends will write me. There's this particular one. He writes me. And he goes like this, I'm very rich. Uh, well, the reason why he writes that is because he doesn't have money. <laughs> so I understand. So you have to literally decode what people say. Because positive confession. I'm rich. Hey, bro, you don't have money in your pocket. If you need some, I can help. Listen, no, it's just... Listen, it's just fact. Pastor, you know what? Um, I need transportation. 
because I don't have any money right now. That's not negative confession. There's nothing wrong with that. I know some of you are not in agreement with me on this one, but <laughs> I'm sorry. The microphone is in my hand, so there's nothing. <laughs> but though it's true, really. Really, Pastor it's true. It's true. So when you're sitting with people, intelligent people, and you're talking intelligently, you know, yes, the anointing can flow through your intelligent conversation. But don't be weird. Right? Don't go to board meetings and be weird. You don't go to board meetings to speak in tongues. You go to board meetings to, to, to talk intelligently about the project. And if the project, listen, listen, if there is a snag in the way of the project, you're going to talk about the snag in the way of the project, and you're going to find a way to deal with the snag. The fact that you say there is a snag or there is an issue in the way of the project does not mean the project will fail. It just means that you recognize there is an issue and you deal with it. You know, this is the reason why a lot of Africans, I'm sorry, I'm I know that most of you here are Africans, but not all of you are Africans. But this is, to deal with Africans when it comes to just these areas, it's difficult. That is why a lot of Africans don't go for medical checkup. I'm not really, people have been so religiously brainwashed, some don't even take medicine. Because if I take medicine, I'm not in faith. Because if I go to the doctor for checkup, it's not faith. Who said that? You're not feeling well, go to the hospital, check yourself out, and find out what the problem is so that you know what to believe God for. You don't know what the problem is, so you don't even know how to aim your faith. You've got to know what the problem is, and you aim your faith and deal with that problem by the word of God. Like I said, it's a fact, but it is subject to change. You, now, you, you are now going to be able to aim your faith at it. You've heard my story. I told the story. It was two years ago, one year ago, I went to the doctor, and the doctor said, you, you have uh, stones in your gallbladder. I was not in the doctor's office and fighting and arguing. Okay, I've heard you. But that was science speaking. I want to say science. science. That was science. Science saw something. And I believe that God, in his wisdom, gave us doctors. Because not everybody has faith to be healed supernaturally. So God gave us doctors and God will use doctors. God will use doctors, but you've got to go to the doctor and honestly tell him what you're dealing with. And that's when the doctor can help you. God will help the doctor to help you. Anyone getting what I'm saying? So doctor said, you, you have stones in your gallbladder. You're going to need a surgery. I need you to come over to the hospital. You're going to spend, I think he said, a day or two. And it will be la laser surgery. And uh, it's going to cost this much money, he said to me. So I left the doctor's office, went back home, and I took the word of God. And I went to the doctor of doctors, Jesus Christ. And I opened the word of God. And now, see, I knew what the issue was so I could aim my faith at it. 
What does the Bible say in Ephesians chapter 6? Taking unto you the shield of faith and the word of God, which is the sword of the spirit. Is that correct? So the shield of faith will quench every fiery dust of the wicked. And the sword of the spirit will cut through everything the enemy throws at you. And separate them from your life. So I took God's word and I began to confess the word of God over my body, over my health. And I kept speaking, I kept speaking, I kept speaking, I kept speaking. Walking into the toilet, I'm speaking the word of God. On my bed, speaking the word of God. Speaking health, speaking strength. Declaring, I'm not going to go through surgery. Declaring, declaring, declaring. Two weeks later, I go to the hospital. The doctor said, okay, the test that was done two weeks ago is good enough. We can carry out surgery on you. I said to the doctor, check me again. Do what? Check me again. I wasn't denying what was told to me, but I believe the word of God has changed the report. Check me again. Doctor said, okay. Pay this much. I paid. Oh my God, just, you know what? Pay this much. I paid. And then I went in and ultrasound was carried out. And I, re- I took the report, went back to the doctor's office. He looked at it and he said, you don't have kidney, uh, uh, gallbladder stones. You don't need surgery. So, if I hadn't gone to the doctor, I wouldn't have known what was happening in my body. And I wouldn't have known how to use my faith to, to deal with that issue. It would have been growing and growing and growing. That's why you hear men of God, men of God just die. Say, so what happened to them? Men of faith, what happened to them? Yeah, what happened to them? It's unfortunately something was growing on the inside and they had no idea and they couldn't use their faith in that particular area to deal with that particular problem. Let let me tell you this. I heard this from Dr. Rodney. I hope I say it correctly. He said this. He said, you can only aim your faith at a particular thing at a time. In other words, you can't be aiming your faith at too many things at the same time. Priority. Aim your faith at what you need. Aim that faith. If you don't aim the faith, guess what? So go get checked out. That's what I did. Knew what the issue was. Believed God and received my healing. Come on now, say amen. amen. I mean, it is just like Jesus standing at the tomb of Lazarus. And notice it, it did not say, come out. Because if he had said, come out, all the dead bodies would have come out. But he said, Lazarus. He needed just one person to come out. <laughs> so he aimed his faith. He aimed his faith at one person, Lazarus. He did not say, come out. My God, if he had said, come out, all the dead people would have come out and be walking all over the country. No, he said, Lazarus, come out. So he aimed this faith. Re- remember the story of blind Bartimaeus? The blind Bartimaeus that was standing by the wayside when he heard Jesus was passing through town. And he said, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. They said, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. The more they told him to keep quiet, the more... He screamed. So he got Jesus' attention. And Jesus said, okay, bring him. Do what? When they said, hey, oh, the same guys who said shut up now said, hey. <laughs> Be encouraged. The master calls you. So watch this now. Because when I, when I read this, I don't know if you guys have seen this. When this man who was blind sitting by the wayside 
came to Jesus. Now he is standing face to face with the master. Jesus, who knew the man's condition. Did he know the man's condition? Absolutely. He knew the man's condition. He asked the man, what should I do for you? Does it make sense? Absolutely not. Does it make sense? Why should you ask a blind man what he wants? It's obvious. No, you use your own faith to ask for the healing of your eyes. So the man had to speak up that I might see. Okay, that's your need. Now see. Are you, are you getting this? So, so that is a principle we've got to learn when it comes to these things. Praise God. Come on now, somebody say amen. amen. So fatherhood is responsibility, not a position. Praise God for the position, but I want you to understand the responsibility that comes with the position. You lead by example. The Bible says a good man, I want to say a good man, leaves an inheritance for his children's children. I believe the greatest inheritance is spiritual and moral deposits that a father invests into his children. Money may fail them, but moral investment, spiritual investment will never fail them. Are you listening to me? Praise God. Number two, fathers are sacrificial. Fathers are what? Sacrificial. Our heavenly father gave us his only begotten son sacrificially. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave. His only begotten son. So God's giving to the world was sacrificial giving. So God shows us that our giving as fathers must be sacrificial. The Bible says, husbands, love your own wives as Christ loved the church. And did what for the church? Gave himself for her. So you can see that the giving of the father and the giving of the son is sacrificial. So they show us how to be fathers. That as fathers, we are sacrificial. And I want to say this at this juncture, that many fathers are underappreciated. Many fathers are under, some are not even appreciated. But I want to encourage you to learn to appreciate fathers. Many of them are not appreciated. Many of them are underappreciated. When it was Mother's Day the other time, have you noticed mothers, my God, mothers are, eh, mama did this, mama did that. But no, really, it's a fact. It's a fact. It appears as if mama is the only one doing everything for the kids. And yes, I know there is that special bond between the child and the mother. But, but truly, sometimes, sometimes what mother did was from the father. But father didn't put himself in the picture. And then the child thinks it is from mama. But really, it is from papa to mama to you. <laughs> Fact. So, so mothers, <laughs> on Mother's Day, I called my mom. I called my mother. And I encourage you to speak to your mom and love on your mom. Is that, is that true? So I, I got home, I called my mother, and I want to say, I just, you know, loved her. And I said, Mama, what do you want on Mother's Day? Mama didn't know what she wanted. She, in actual fact, I knew Mama was going to ask for money. So, <laughs> ma, ma, Mama said to me, anything you have, give me. I said, no, 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 no. I wasn't calling to send anything. I was calling to ask her what she wanted. I wanted to meet whatever the need was. Mama said money. I said, Mama, how much? Um, 
anything. <laughs> Mama, no. Mama, how much do you want me to give you? Because I wanted to honor my mother. And the Bible says, honor your father and your mother. That your days may be long. I'm telling you right now. When you honor your parents, you will live long. Amen. Don't treat your parents like trash. Treat your parents. Like, if you know the price that our parents went through to raise us. And now we need, my brother in the UK was regretfully telling me some time ago, he said, I wish my father is still alive. I wish, because he had invited my mother to the UK. She spent three months there with them and just took care of her and blessed her and, you know, just treated my mother like a queen. And, but, but my dad has gone home to be with Jesus. So my brother said, I wish Papa was still alive. I would have done that. I wanted to, I would have done. And if my father is still alive, today I would call him. And I would ask him the same question I asked my mom. What do you want me to do for you? How much do you want? No, don't say anything. Just tell me how much you want. So my mother told me how much. I said, okay, that's fine. I'll send you. That was special for Mother's Day. Now today is Father's Day. All of you, your father, all of you that have your fathers alive, treat them well today. Tell you right now, treat them well today. I'm preaching to my son. No, you are not the one on my mind. I'm just teaching. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Come on now, say amen. amen. It's very important, right? Amen. Number three, fathers provide. Fathers do what? I don't know if you've ever heard this. Mother's birthday, daddy take us out. Wedding anniversary, daddy take us out. Children's birthday, daddy take us out. Child's graduation, daddy take us out. Daddy's birthday, daddy take us out. <laughs> so, 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 daddy is always taking everyone out. Even on daddy's birthday, daddy still has to, daddy still needs to take people out. My money is our money. But her money is her money. <laughs> I'm touching some very sensitive things here today. <laughs> Hallelujah. But it's, it's, it's the position of a father. And I want to encourage us to embrace it wholeheartedly. There shouldn't be any need for us to come under any stress. Because God has given us the position to provide what an honor it is. Come on now. And watch this. Pastor Corey taught this to me years ago. Of course to the church, but I took it personally. He said, when my wife has a need, I tell her, relax. Give it to me. Because they are not designed to carry the pressure. So, <laughs> he said, I learned this from Pastor Corey. Yes, many years ago. Maybe over 10 years ago. So, hey, honey, don't worry. Don't worry. Give it to me. And he said this. He said, 
I didn't even have the money. Yet I told her not to worry. But you know what I do, he said? I take it from her and I take it to my own heavenly father. Because the wife is not designed to bear that. Take it from her as the, as the father and take it to your heavenly father. Your heavenly father will hear you because now you are standing in your place of, right? Yeah. Say, father, my wife has got a need. Your father will bring it. And you say, I told you. <laughs> I did I not tell you? So don't let them carry that. You have been chosen by God as a father to carry this responsibility of providing. Now, as an African, this is me, African. Okay, uh, There are some things in the West that I've not imbibed. As an African, I believe it is my responsibility as a father to provide for the family. I don't do bring your own, bring my own. No, I don't do that stuff. I don't believe it. Now, if you do it, if it works for you, fine. 50% from you, 50% from her. I personally don't do it. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't, and I'm not saying you can't. But I believe that as a father, I have the whole responsibility of providing for my family. I believe that. Now, if you split up financial responsibility in the family, if it works for you, continue. Huh? No, if it works for you, that's fine. It's fine. It's fine. And I also think that, I also believe that as a husband or as a father, if you are not providing, and I'm not saying you have to put them in a palatial apartment, and uh, if God, when God blesses you to do that, do that, you know, but you've got to bring something home. Only the child believes it. <laughs> You know, you got to bring something home. Bring something home. I said, Father, you bring something home. Okay? Men, men are hunters. Go out and hunt and bring something home. Okay? Now, at this point, you, you've got to, as a husband, because a lot of husbands are under pressure because they are not adequately providing for their family. The bills are racking up. The rent, it's been three months since the last time they paid rent. Landlord is banging on the door. Right? That's why you need to learn how to live by faith. Every husband here, learn how to live by faith. Learn and apply the law of tithing and the principle of seed and harvest. You know why I'm telling you this? Because you would discover, if you, if you take good inventory, you discover that the income that comes to you is not enough. It's not enough. But God wants to open new avenues. God wants to, listen, this is important. God wants to open new opportunities, multiple streams of income. So don't be limited to salary, to your paycheck. Because your salary may not be enough. Some people, my God, they get their salary at the end of the month. And the 10th day of that new month, it's all gone. I remember telling, this is a true story. My father, when I was growing up as a kid, at some point, really, I didn't see it as a as a kid, 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 but I grew to a certain, when I became a teenager, my dad would get home and he would give the entire, I'll see him put the money in my mother's hands. I didn't know why my father was doing that until I went to Nigeria 2012. 2012. So I'm sitting with mama, because I, we call her mama. I said, mama, 
I noticed Papa was giving you his entire salary. <laughs> my mother laughed. My mother said, not so, my son. He wasn't doing that until things got tough. When things got financially tough, he didn't know how to manage the money. So, <laughs> you laugh. I'm telling my own true story. You, you said you, your dad didn't know how to manage the money because you know when there is less money and there is more bills? Uh -huh. So, money was looking at bills. <laughs> and so, when my dad didn't know how to manage, because there was no way you could manage that. So he just gave everything to my mom. Said, whatever you, it's like, whatever you can do with it. That is why, because, but they did not learn what we learned. My dad did not know really the principle of seed and harvest and all that. And some of the giving that we did back in the day uh, were, were just done, really, not with a deep revelation of what this thing does. I started tithing from the age of 14. But then I got a revelation. Oh, giving, when you give, it produces a harvest. Oh, my goodness. And over the years, praise God, I put to the glory of God. I, and I would like for you to appreciate him. I, my son, Eben, came through a lot with us. And I give him kudos for that. Please. <laughs> but that... Some of you are not clapping. What's up with you? <laughs> really. Came through a lot. I was learning things. You know, I didn't know everything at the time. I was learning a lot of things. I was still pressing in financially, giving. I gave a lot of things to get to the place I am today. Because he came through all of that with us. And he was patient and understanding and he had long suffering man a long suffering praise God Amen. but today he's a man he doesn't need me to but but you know what I mean he doesn't need me to cater for him but amen, amen. praise God but I know I'm going to leave an inheritance to him I'm, I'm, oh, oh, true fact so get ready Get ready. Amen. I will. I will. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I just woke up. You know, I told you I just woke up. This is the morning hours of my life. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. So, fathers provide. Fathers provide. Okay? So, every father here, the Lord will bless you. Amen. The Lord will give you all you need. Amen. In actual fact, more than enough Amen. to adequately Amen. provide for your family. 